Hey, welcome to the podcast, Light in the Mist of Darkness. I am your host, Eric Martinez, and t- today what I want to do, uh, I definitely believe um, what we want to discuss today is, is, is something that many people can benefit from, uh, and I pray that it blesses any of you who may be um, facing or going through any kind of anxiety, in particular specifically with everything that's going on, uh, you know, lockdowns and all this and that. Uh, I know this has, you know, had a toll on a lot of people uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, and even spiritually. But um, I definitely want to consider this like a, a special episode where I just, from start to finish, just want to kind of, I'm just going to go ahead and dive straight into what we're going to be doing. Uh, typically, I'll have our day in Christian history and didn't get into our main segment, but uh, I believe this definitely is a very important topic that I definitely want to go ahead and discuss with you today. So the Bible uh, talks to us about two types of fears. Uh, Of course, we have a healthy one, which is a God-honoring fear, um, and we also have an unhealthy, irrational fear that that, that makes us um, cower, makes us, you know, just draw back. And, and try to shy away, hide, run. And the first one, of course, is, is the fear of the Lord. Uh, for instance, um, the fear of God is, is the beginning of wisdom. It's what we see in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. So the fear of God, the reverence of God, not, not a terror of God, not a, uh, a fear of horror, but more uh, a respect, a reverence of God is the beginning of week of wisdom. And what, what that does is that, that fear of God, that reverence, it helps us lead a, to, to a life of peace, to, to a life, uh, to enjoy and live life in in a satisfying way and to encounter peace even in the midst of conflict even in the midst of adversity as we see in proverbs chapter 19 verse 23 and of course is a powerful emotion that that is for our good Uh, we go to second timothy uh, chapter 2 and Actually, Second Timothy chapter one, um, verse seven, and let let's see what the Word of God um, tells us there. So, if you have a moment, I want you to join me. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter one, um, verse seven, and 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 look what this verse says: For God gave us a spirit not of fear. So this is. You know, we're, we're not to have the irrational um, fear that makes us cower, but of power, love, and self-control. Th- this type of fear is not ex- anxiety-producing. Now, how do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me that perfect love drives out fear. First John chapter four eighteen. Perfect love, God's perfect love, drives out fear and God is defined as our loving father who cares about us. Now, instead, biblical fear is a reverential awe of God, a a, a respect, a reverence given to God that 
he is the most powerful being in the universe and we definitely need to respect and obey his authority in our lives not because it's something he forces us to do he doesn't force anyone to do anything the only thing he has done for us who have believed in him is transform our will transform our minds so that we willingly not out of any kind of brainwashing not out of any kind of force um, legalism or anything like that i mean we we're drawn to god and we we, we submit to God um, because he's worthy to, to be respected and, and definitely deserves um, our submission to him, you know, to allow him to have authority in our lives. Um, there's a, a, a biblical counselor who definitely has benefited, uh, has been very beneficial in, 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 in the Christian circles um, by the name of Jay Adams. And he mentions that just like a healthy fear of heights, guards us from you know dangerous situations um the fear of the lord protects us from being punished for our sins through repentance and faith um, now let's kind of take a moment to discuss the the second type of fear um, which is opposite of the fear of god the, the reverence of god the healthy fear this second type of fear as i mentioned is irrational and, and it's cowardly these are the types of fears that are anxiety producing and, and what they do is they, they lead to dominate our thoughts in a destructive way. So this fear is, is basically, um, it's like, it's like a, the, uh, I guess the best way to compare it, um, or to help, help us understand it is it's, it's a worry. Um, of course, if we look at the Greek word for worry, it means to divide, to part, to rip, or to tear apart. And when, when we allow ourselves to, to get in this state of, of, of worrying, what it does to us, it, it just divides, it parts, it rips, it, te it tears us apart. So the description is exactly what happens when, when you and I worry. Um, and of course, it, it, it tears us apart emotionally. It can even cause us to have physical problems uh, to, to the point of... Uh, like, like, for example, ulcers in the stomach, uh, cardiovascular diseases. And so when we, when we think about biblical fear, um, it, the biblical fear does not cause any kind of, of distress of, of what I've just mentioned. You know, so, yes, we, we, we are to fear God, but we know that he loves us unconditionally and desires for us to be free from guilt and, and excessive worry. Now, what, what, what can be an example of a sinful, what, what can be an, a, a sinful example of worrying? Well, okay, let's, let's consider a person who, for some reason, believes that they might die in a plane crash and for that reason, just refuses to fly. All right, well, the consequence of this is going to be that they won't ever visit their family who are far away because it's going to cause too much of a risk from from their perspective they're, they're just scared of flying they have that worry that concern if, if they fly you know the plane could crash and just so many things may, may may race through their minds this irrational fear has no justification since one is more likely to die in, in a car accident than, than an actual plane more importantly what it does it it, it, it obstructs us from building a relationship with our family, you know, uh, especially those who live far and it 
has allowed an, an, an unhealthy fear to dominate, you know, um, the life, uh, their, their particular life circumstances. Uh, so that they, they don't do things that they would normally do, things that are beneficial to them, things that would actually help them and be good for them. And so one of the things that we see in the word of God is that Jesus told us not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, and, and here's the key, through prayer and supplication, present our requests to God. We see this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. So don't be anxious about anything. And so in any situation that you're in, uh, whether it's adversity, whether it's trials, whether it's, you know, something really, really tough, um, it, 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 the advice given to us is to seek God in prayer, supplication, and present our requests to God. So in this situation, the, the irrational fear is real. We're not going to deny that. We're not going to pretend, oh, you're faking it. Oh, quit, you know, quit being, you know, quit, quit, quit whining, quit, you know. No, it, it's real. But as Christians, what we must put our trust in God that he will protect us in any circumstance. Even when we're about to travel 36,000 feet in the air. So. One of the things that, that I definitely take in, to keep in mind is the chief concern of a person should be the following, to see that his own soul is right in the sight of God. I mean, we see that the writer of, of Proverbs, Solomon, says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart, because that's where life flows from many people think that a, a great deal about you know adorning their body but don't often really think about the the ornaments that, 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 that go to our soul like the feeding of the the physical frame you know how we looked our physical aspect is given so much care but the actual supply of spiritual food the, the you know there, there's just a neglect to our spirituality a neglect to our spiritual life and and we understand there's a war between the spirit and the flesh we understand you know that there's times we don't feel like you know reading our bible studying scripture being in prayer fasting having communion with the saints and and, and you know being in the assembly uh, uh with the other saints worshiping god but we we can't allow ourselves to neglect the spiritual aspect of our life you know yes it's important our health is important yes it's good to eat well it's good to be healthy it's good to you know do exercise go to the gym but a lot of the times that's given so much attention so much care and the spiritual aspect is just so neglected so what what, what does jesus ask us to do he, he, he tells us to, 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 to see the condition of our mind and says, don't be of a doubt. Don't have a doubtful mind. So he, he calls our attention to, to a higher and nobler part of our being. And, and what he asks us to do is, is to see to it that it, it is in the right state. So don't don't allow yourself to be doubting continuously um, don't don't be second guessing things um, no doubt there of course are some people who are in easier cir circumstances than others there are some who are in positions that 
um, enjoy many comforts while others may find themselves in a place where, where they're suffering a lot of hardships. But after all, when it when it's all said and done, I mean, happening, happiness lies more in the mind than it does than it than than it does in the circumstances in which a particular person finds himself in. Uh, a person who, um, within uh, within has far more to do with his own joy, with his own happiness, with his own sorrow than anything outside of him or her. There, there, there has been some who have been perfectly free in, in a prison cell. They're, they're in prison, but I mean, they're as if they're just careless, nothing, no, no worries in the world. While there have been others um, in, in complete bondage in, in, in a mansion, in, in, in a huge house with so many rooms, so, so you know, a lot of land, yet they're, they're in bondage. Compared to someone who's in a small cell, but happens to have no concern, no worries. Um, there have been some who um, have been able to triumph um, when everything around them has, uh, you know, tended to be adverse, you know, the opposite. But they still manage to triumph. And there have been others who um, were basically, you know, have have felt miserable, despondent, um, but apparently had anything their their heart could desire, but just unable to triumph, unable to, you know, they they just find themselves um, despondent, wretched, miserable. And so it, it is the mind which is the main thing. It'll bring um, daylight to your life or midnight. You'll, you'll, you'll find yourself in the light or you'll find yourself in the darkness, uh, wealth, poverty, peace, war. And so what, what I desire um, for anyone who, who's listening here and is actually going through any kind of anxiety issues, um, any kind of mental health issues or know someone who is going through that, you know, sometimes we, 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 we judge people and and think oh no christians shouldn't have that well christians get anxious but the bible teaches us in scripture not to allow ourselves to to stay anxious you know christians get depressed christians go through hardships christians get sick christians face adversity but but we have the promise of god that he's never going to abandon us he's going to be there with us to the very end so my, my my desire and, and, and I pray uh, for any of you who are listening to this and, and happen to be going through this, um, that half the time that we spend in trying to better our circumstances, we're, we're, are, are spent in, in, in bettering ourselves um, for, for the right reasons. Um, and that even a, a tenth of the trouble that you know we take to, to try to fit our circumstances to our desires uh, are, are used in fitting our desires to our circumstances. Now, if we do that, how much happier would, would, would people be? How much happier would, would people, you know, would, would really, really feel? So, you know... We understand that we can't alter the world in in whatever situation you're in, whether circumstance you find yourself in. 
And you can't alter God's providence, whatever whatever God has destined, you know, has determined to do. Um, But wouldn't it be better that, you know, you you should be altered, um, you should be transformed, you should be um, given a a different perspective um, in order to be able to suit whatever situation you find yourself in and and be resigned to allowing the will of God being done. So, because a lot of times we'll pray, Hey God, I want healing. Hey God, I, I want this promotion. Hey God, I want you to do this. But when, when we look at Jesus Christ in Gethsemane, in the garden of Gethsemane, he, he he's praying, look, father, if there's another way, let this cut pass over me, but let it not be done as I want, but your will be done. And, and, and I think right there is as, as a believer, as a Christian, regardless of whether I'm facing hardships or if I find myself in a moment of blessing or an abundance or, or, or lacking, whatever it may be, be resigned to, to, to the, for the will of God to be done. Because I mean, we know God's will is not, um, uh, is not, doesn't have the purpose of, of, of keeping us broken or, or, or keeping us down. No, it, God's will is perfect. God's will is good. There's just things that we don't see in the moment that God is working and doing in our lives that are going to better us. They're going to make us stronger. That are going to strengthen our faith. It's going to strengthen us in, through the trials that we go through. So it's not like God is, is cruel and he's just making me go through these things that aren't even going to benefit me. Th- these things we face, these trials, these anxieties, the, the, these situations we go through, there's a benefit that comes from that. It's beautiful to see how often um, the inspired writers by the Holy Spirit were were busy with you know um, with 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 the work that that has been done within their own heart. Um, for example, you see David in Psalms one hundred three saying, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and and all that is within me, bless His holy name." There's an inner work happening, you know, um, and it, it'll always pay off for the best. You know, our Lord Jesus, and when he's exhorting um, and when he commands us to attend to his word, as um, did, did he not say to his disciples, do not let your heart be troubled. He saw them troubled. He saw, you know, he, he, he had told them about, hey, look, I, I, I've come so that I, I, I may give my life. I, I, I will be, I will, I will put, give my life as a, as a good shepherd does for his, for his sheep, you know, and, and it broke their hearts and, and their hearts were troubled. But Jesus told his disciples, let, do not let your heart be troubled. A little bit later, he tells them, in this world, you shall have tribulation. It doesn't, he didn't say you will not have it. No, in this world, you will, you shall have tribulation. And he says the same to his disciples in any time, whether it be the first, second century, third century, fourth, fifth, 20th, even today, even in the future, he tells us the exact same thing. It's, it's no use if, if you and I try to avoid it. 
we will have afflictions. We will go through tribulation. Yet, what he tells us is, do not let your heart be troubled. All the water in the sea will not hurt your vessel as long as you keep it outside. The danger is found when the water begins to get into the ship. So so it matters little what is outside of you if everything inside is right. If all is right within you, it, it doesn't matter what's happening around you, outside. And, and perhaps you may say, well, I, I just cannot help worrying. I, I can't keep from worrying. I can't keep from fretting. But look, my, my, my brother, my sister, friend, you, you do not, do you not, do you not think that the Lord is not, is not able to help you? And, and, and do you not realize that your faith in him, whatever it may be, would soon be the end of your distress and trouble? If you haven't found this out already, I, I pray you do. The, the very anxiety which which arises through your being in, in, in a difficulty, in, in a hard situation, whatever it may trigger it, unfits you to meet that difficulty. Like you're in a great hurry to do something. And, and, and that something does more harm than can possibly have happened if you had kept still resting in the Lord. And, and this is this happens a lot of times where God tells us, be at peace, be still. And, and what are we doing? We're out and about, we're searching, we're doing, we're trying to do so much. And, and, th- and, and those things are harming us more than doing good for us when it was much better than just be keeping still, resting in the Lord, waiting patiently for him. And, and I'm not talking about just staying, you know, in your room, locked up, not doing a single thing, trusting, believing God. So if you do not do this and, and instead rush and, and, and run this way and run that way, what, what you're going to do is you're going to add to your worries and, and instead of subtract from them. So your, your, your goal is, is to reduce for that to decline. But when you're rushing here, rushing there, not waiting patiently on the Lord, you're actually going to cause your worries to increase. So we have a text that is just so easy to memorize, to repeat, but it's not always easy to obey. The text that we have is stand still and see the salvation of God. That's that's what the word of God tells us. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And, and, and we find this in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But 
Of course, what, what do we want to do? We, we want to see our own salvation. So, so we can't stand still. And, and, and therefore, you know, what I encourage you, if you're a, a believer in Jesus Christ, trust in the Lord. Trust in God. Take ownership. Take courage. Let your faith overcome your fear. And, and you know what the amazing thing about faith and fear? As you're growing in your faith, it, it, it's not a, a, a making fear basically disappear. It's actually decreasing it so it's still there, but it doesn't have the same effect on you. Obey that wonderful, gracious word of God that says, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, cast all your anxieties, cast all your worries, cast, cast it upon Jesus for, for he cares for you. Do you not believe that? Do you not believe that all things work together for good, cooperate for our good to those that love God? For those who are called according to his purpose, as Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us. And you may say that you do. Hey, hey yes, Eric, I do. I believe that. Do you not believe that? His blessed spirit helps us to help get rid of all improper anxieties. The spirit of God dwells in all believers. And, and, and do you not believe that he is capable of helping us get rid of all improper, all anxieties that, 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 that are causing harm to us? So when we consider the word, when we look at the word, we, we, we also, when it says, do not be troubled, it's also telling us, do not be ambitious. What this is trying to tell us is do not fly high. Do not be as the clouds and the meteors that only move about and are uncertain in their movements, but are just so high in the sky. You know, a lot of people are are troubled because they're aiming at, at, at obtaining great amounts of wealth. If somebody um, were were to ask them, "Will you retire?" From, from your business, this, let's just say years ago, uh, if anybody would tell them that one day they would have um, possessed everything they, 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 they've desired. You know, think about today, the, the sum of money that we have today, it, it may not be a lot, but if we were to go back 100 years, 200 years, man, that would be two, 300 years, that would be a great sum of money. More than sufficient to satisfy whatever you, you, you know you desired. 
you know, and if somebody would have asked him, hey, will you retire from 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 your career, your business, be quite happy and content? And, And the answer would likely be yes, definitely. Now. What have they done? They've, they've gathered more than, they, than that already, yet they're grasping for more. Ask a billionaire. You, they, I think they, they, they asked a billionaire one time, hey, when will it be enough? When will, will the money be enough? When he says, hey, I just want to win another, another billion more. But, but the problem is it's never enough. They want more and more and more. And never content with what they have, even even if it's if it's definitely enough. We would all be much more happier than we are if if we were more content with what with what is really all that we need, whether it be enough food never having poverty even if you didn't obtain riches but never living in poverty many 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 men have been like 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 a dog in a tail um, that had the meat in his mouth but did not eat it because he saw the shadow of it in the water and was so anxious that to get that shadow as well as the substance that had he had already had that he lost the piece that he was supposed to have eaten you know we, we have the blessings of God we, we we're definitely we have enough for to, to be sustained and and, and all of a sudden we see something that, that makes us want more and, and that wanting of more will a lot of times make us lose that what we that which what we that of what we had. Such people are trying to grasp the shadow instead of enjoying what God has given to them. We shouldn't be that kind of person. And and, and I, I pray that the Spirit of God work in your heart. That He may make you feel and understand your true position in God. And, and, and I'm sure at that point, you will not be content to remain a, a, a moment longer with any doubt or with an undecided mind. I, I want you to know whatever, if there's something bearing down on you, whether it's something that happened, something that occurred, a situation out of your control, in your control, any kind of sin that may have been committed, there's forgiveness for that. For that very reason, Jesus Christ died for the, for sinners. Your heart can be renewed by God's grace. Why? Because Jesus Christ, not only did he die for sinners, he, he, he resurrected, he lives. You can be delivered from the wrath to come for Jesus has gone up to the high place to plead for just such sinners as you are. 
So the question is, what, what are you to do in order that you may have Christ as your Savior? There's a hymn that says, only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him. Wow. You you may ask yourself, but how how is it that the Bible can help me? How is it that God can help me? I I feel I've tried it and it hasn't worked. Unfortunately, when we try things in our own way, they definitely won't work out. There are several biblical strategies to help us overcome fear and anxiety. First, there are over 95 Bible verses that just speak specifically on this topic. And so it's it's important for someone struggling with this problem to research what the Bible says about it and and how not just read it, not just memorize it, not just recite it, but but how to apply it to their life, to your life. One strategy might be to memorize some of these verses, whether it be Philippians chapter four, verse six to seven. If you go to Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Verse 7, in the, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Will guard your hearts and your minds. This peace guards our heart, our life, guards our mind. This is the necessary tonic that that, that is needed. In in a day where you're experiencing your anxiety attack, your nervousness, it's a tranquilizer for a mind full of anguish. Number two, it's it's important to find out the main source of why you are worrying. For example, do you worry because of self-preservation? Do you worry because fear of man, idolatry, pride? Is it pride that, that, that doesn't allow you to recognize that that you are, are, are having this trouble likely and it's not everybody's case but because you haven't trusted in God not not as scripture tells us because you know when you talk with people I'm trusting well there's a trusting in regards to where we do it trusting our way or do we do it the way God has designed for us could it be a past sin And so I I think it's important that you take the time to investigate the heart of the matter. This is very important. And it can be provided uh, to you if if you were to seek counseling, uh, whether it's your local church, if if, if they're having um, services. 
a local pastor, someone who, who, who can help, someone who, who would be able to at least have some counseling sessions with you where you, you, they can help you investigate to find the root cause, to get to the heart of the matter. And finally, I, I would suggest, if, if you can, to have a conversation with, with a general physician. You know, um, a lot of times, most people who worry, you know, w- w- what they do is they end up developing bad habits. You know, and very likely they, they may struggle with sleep, maybe drinking too much caffeine, fail to exercise on a daily basis, etc. But, you know, meeting with a physician or, or someone who, who can at least held, hold you more accountable to practice good habits for your physical health, which can definitely positively affect your mood and, and, and the anxiety issues over time. So we're, we're going to take a quick pause here and, and we'll continue um, our, the final piece of the segment. All right, welcome back. So let's go ahead and um, finish up uh, today's segment. And kind of what I wanted to do is take a glance um, at kind of like the uh, people who suffer from anxiety um, will have a physical response, an emotional response, a spiritual response. Uh, We'll also talk about how facing anxiety, trauma, you know, all this requires for us to be honest about our pain and not try to hide it and not try to keep it secret and how the Bible helps us uh, to be able to heal from this trauma and, and how to face it. Um, you know, even, even, um, when we've experienced, you know, grief, um, and most importantly, while we face it, um, it, it requires us to trust God, not just with the present, but also with the future. So one thing that, that, that occurs um, between anxiety uh, or those who suffer from anxiety, um, they are often aware of the physical manifestations of anxiety in their life. Um, they can describe like a de-escalation of their heart rate. They can describe feeling nauseous, getting dizzy, sweating palms, you know, clenched jaw, just tensing up. Um, others tell about the need to, to check, you know, whether it's every door, every window, multiple times, you know, before going um, to bed, um, the, the compulsion to, to shower immediately, um, as soon as you arrive home from work or to, to read food labels many, many times before you even eat it or able to eat it. And, and, and oftentimes, uh, th- those, um, who, who, who get, um, counseling, a lot of the times, um, they're, they're not aware of of what triggers these physical responses. Um, when 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 we think of emotional triggers, I mean, we 
may understand it may it's possible that certain sights um, certain sounds um, smells uh, a specific tone of voice uh, the size of a crowd or certain situations can can cause a, an emotional reaction between uh, those who suffer from anxiety and so th- those are things that they they may be able to uh, pick up on just by uh, continuously noticing or even paying attention um, once once they start see, seeking, uh, whether it's biblical counseling, uh, some kind of professional counseling, uh, th- these are things that are discussed and talked about. So th- those are just certain emotional responses. But where, where I kind of want to put a little bit my, of my attention on is, is the spiritual response. Um, and as believers, you know, we, we long for peace and joy. You know, we, we see the promise of, of heaven, you know, and, and we long for that, you know, no, no more pain, no more tears, no more hurting, no more anxiety. And we, we, we must admit, though, we, 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 we desire peace and joy, but we don't like difficulty you know we don't like sadness we don't like you know conflict tension the trouble is suffering is is a reality of this fallen world that we live in we we have to come to the conclusion and and recognize we're in a broken world and psalms 23 uh we we see the 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 illustration of, of the green pastures and, and the quiet waters um, follow the, the 22nd Psalm, which begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So in Psalm 23, we're, we're at the green pastures, we're at the quiet waters. When this previous Psalm before that, th- th- there was a, you know, why have I been forsaken? Why, why am I feeling so alone? Why are you so far from saving me so far from my cries of anguish. Um, when, when we look at scripture, especially the Old Testament, we, we realize that it's full of stories of people who went through a lot of trauma. We, we don't tend to dwell on those because we prefer the, the verses that, that make us feel calm and happy. But one thing that we we have to understand is that we can learn key lessons, important lessons about facing our trauma and, and the anxiety that that, that it causes uh, just by taking the time to actually read and look into, you know, these uh, the, the the these scriptures in the Old Testament, these stories where humans just like you and I. You know, sometimes we look at the biblical characters and we think they were just so much. They had this something special that we didn't have. I mean, we have God just like they had God. You know, they, they had worries and concerns and they, they, you know, were susceptible to anxiety, depression and sickness and fear and so much. And so a lot of times we may we just want to overpass, you know, jump past these, overlook these. But I mean, we, we can definitely learn um, important lessons and and, and, and are, are, will be able to extract principles from these um, you know uh, stories from 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 these uh, passages in the Old Testament 
that can definitely address what we're going through. Um, God speaks to us even through the Old Testament, speaks to us even with in, even through the New Testament just as well. Um, but I think one of, one of the things that, that that's hard uh, for those who, who suffer from anxiety is coming to the acknowledgement of, of, of being honest about their pain. Um, you know, I, I wish that, you know, it's just, all, all it took would be to recite this passage of scripture here, Psalms 23, and, 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 you're, and, and you will be okay, and this will be fine, your troubles will all disappear. You know, uh, who, who wouldn't want that? I mean, if, if, if that's all that needed to be done to heal from the trauma, I mean, that would be so amazing. But God's word is not intended to be our antidepressant. It, it, it must be understood in, in its full overarching narrative. I mean, I mean, when we look at the Bible, this is not just a bunch of books with a lot of stories that, you know, uh, that are that are meant to entertain us. No, not at all. It, it, it's the story of God redeeming humanity through his son, Jesus Christ. And the realities that people from the Bible whether it was Moses or David or Jeremiah, Isaiah, Hosea, wh- whoever. I mean, these were these were your, your, your ordinary people. Of course, their callings, their, the, the, the way, their purpose that God had or used um, you or for what God used them, of course, would, would vary. But I mean, they were just people like you and I. And so uh, the stories in, in the Old Testament will often detail painful circumstances, um, unimaginable injustice, um, uncertain futures. They, they also um, illustrate a, a, a relentless God who pursues and intervenes for good. I mean, just look at the story of Joseph, you know, being sold by his brothers, you know, and the brothers telling their dad, Jacob, how, you know, he, he was mauled to death, a, a beast you know, tore him to pieces. He's, you know, he's gone, you know, and I can't even imagine the trauma that he went through, through that experience of being sold to strangers by his own blood, by his own family, you know, and then arriving to Egypt. And and the amazing thing was that even then the word is clear that God was with Joseph. In the midst of that, sometimes we think the storms that we go through, sometimes we think the traumas that we face, sometimes we think the fears that try to overcome us that we're meant to face them alone. No, I mean, we have a God who pursues and intervenes for good on our behalf. Even when the circumstances seem hopeless or, or dire, you know, our our. our our, our stories, your stories, you know, are, are not much more different. But part of the healing from the traumas that, you know, we have, have faced and experienced is to stop hiding from our reality. You know, whether we escape from it, you know, through different venues, different ways, different forms or attempting to paint a happy face, you know, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. But inside you're you're dying inside. You're hurting. Instead, we must confess it. Allow it to come into the light and, 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 and lament, you know, 
biblically this this is what was done this was what was portrayed by the different characters I mean we look at lamentations and, and it illustrates us how we can grieve deeply about our sin through the story of of Israel's captivity they they had sinned against God they had rebelled against God we knew when God told them through Jeremiah hey look you know, if you would just submit to Nebuchadnezzar, if you just surrender, look, they're going to take you captive because that's the punishment that, you know, for your sin. That's the punishment for you abandoning me. And I'm going to allow you to be taking. But look, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. And things would have gone so much smoother. But they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to rebel. They went, they tried running to Egypt to get help. And I mean, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Egypt. And I mean, there went their, what they thought was their last hope. But in reality, their hope was God. You know, so uh, Job, I mean, he, he, he expresses his pain, his anguish as, as he's wrestling with the devastating loss Despite, you know, his, his, his all the stuff he owns, possessions and lands and animals and, and even his own kids. You know, one, one of the reasons that so many details are, are given through the Old Testament is so for is, is in order for you and you and I to be rest assured that God cares about the truth of our details. God doesn't try to hide the fact that David, you know, commits adultery, murders a man. God doesn't try to hide the fact that Jacob, the usurper, Jacob, the, the you know, the Cneaver, I mean, he, he, he was just one to, 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 you know, use the seat. He, he, he doesn't try. I mean, look, these were people that, you know, had their issues, had their, they, they weren't perfect. But once God, they had an encounter with God, and once they would surrender to God, God began to transform and, and work powerfully in their lives. Look at the life of Peter, the, the apostle. I mean, he was rough. He was, you know, very, you know, um, he didn't think things through. He just quickly respond, reactive. And, you know, he when he was told that he would deny Jesus, you know, no, 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 Lord, I would never, I would never, I'll be with you to the end, you know. And, you know, of course, um, the rooster crowed and man, he, he, he denied Jesus. I mean, the Bible does tell us that, you know, he, he wept bitterly about that. He, 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 he took off running, wept bitterly, but, but he repented, you know, so we understand that, that God cares about the truth of our details of our life we can definitely come to him and, and, and bring our pain to him and, and and bring our frustrations to him you know sometimes people think it's, it's wrong for me to come get on my knees and pray and say god i'm frustrated but that's that's actually something good you're excited you're angry you're upset you're sad take that to christ go to go to the lord in prayer and and you know god does know what we're facing what we're going through but he wants us to trust him he wants us to know that he is here to hear us to listen to us and and to work on our behalf not because we twist his arm and we tell him what to do no because he's a loving god he's a sovereign god he does his will, not our will, not what we want, not what we think, because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So when we bring our pain 
into the light and, 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 and confess that that we have bothering us, affecting us, only then it can, it can be dealt with in, in the right way. Now, one of the things um, that we consider for anyone who has faced trauma, you know, is in grief um, over the loss of a loved one, you know, uh, loss of health or anything, you know, to that nature. One of the things I I, I really um, am amazed by is when I when I read and meditate in, in the Book of Psalms. Um, I mean, the Psalms. Uh, we see that David doesn't just sing songs to make himself feel happy. He's not just you know, oh, I'm sad now. Now I'm going to sing this song, and this song will make me happy. He he expresses his anger. He expresses you know his confusion, his frustration. You know his his excitement. You know he's 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 blessed. He's sad. He's weak, and. He then he then it goes and engages with with who God is in in the middle of that grief. He he doesn't stay you know just there in his mess and and and, and portray himself as a, as a poor victim and and just stay there. No, he 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 doesn't ignore that either. I mean, he doesn't just. Oh well, I'm 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 gonna be sad forever. I'm just gonna go ahead and be negative the rest of my life, but. He also doesn't ignore it. Now, how how is it possible that the Bible can help us with, with anxiety? I mean, look, when, when when you face that anxiety, that fear, that 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 you know, say in a moment of a panic attack or a trauma that you're remembering from the past, it requires you to trust God with your future. You know, whatever you're grieving with whatever you're going through God begins to reveal why we are afraid and and what he shows us is what is tr- what what truly we, we we are afraid of what 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 are what we're really really afraid of and we can forgive abusers if you've had you know a, a past with with abuse you know, you, you can receive God's forgiveness um, for, for the ways that we may have responded in, in, in a sinfully to, to different traumas, to different experiences. Um, we can have our minds renewed, you know, and when we go to Philippians chapter chapter four, um, verses four to ten, I, I want you to I want you to see what the word of God tells us here. Philippians four, um, we're looking at verse 4 to 10 and it says rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice let your gentle spirit be known to all men the lord is near be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worth of praise, dwell on these things. These things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. 
But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. So, I mean, just just with this scripture here, it's 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 making an emphasis on, 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 on us understanding the importance of thinking on the things that is that, that are true that are good that are pure and even good that may have come from 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 our trauma like you may say but why am i going through this anxiety Th- there's a purpose for everything that god allows there's a purpose for everything that we face even even adversity even in temptations you know people think sometimes well god don't tempt me i, I i'm too weak but the reality is God does not tempt anybody. He can't be tempted by evil. Now, of course, through our own sinful desires, we're tempted by our passions. And the enemy of our, of our souls is also wanting to us to, for, for us to be tempted. So he's wanting us to fail. He's wanting us to fall. But the purpose of God is to make us stronger because when temptation comes, he always shows us the exit, shows us the way out and make sure that we're never tempted beyond our capacity. So when we fall into temptation, it's not because God gave me something too strong to handle or or, or the enemy made me do it. The the honest truth is I have sinned. I I gave in. I I didn't resist. I, I didn't allow myself to go through the exit, take off running. I decided to fold. So... We definitely have to take that in consideration. And, and, and when, when I look at the, the, the things in the past, a, a bad experience, an abuse, uh, whatever it may be, I have to understand that there are people in the world, people around me who may be going through something similar. And, and the moment you're able to overcome that and, and you, 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 you are healed in Christ you become a walking testimony of what can God can do in, in the life of somebody who ex, who has experienced anxiety, who's experienced trauma, who's experienced abuse, and, and you can reflect on God's faithfulness. Now, we can make choices, make decisions to, to walk by faith into the things that we fear, you know, and of course, this is a common anxiety treatment that you'll get from professionals. You know, it involves you essentially facing your fear, talking yourself through it and seeing that, you know, you come out of it fine, you know, on the other side. As as a child of God, we, we don't have to go into our fears alone. Yes, we must face them. But the amazing thing is we're not going to face them alone. You know, if we look at Isaiah 43, 1 to 3, we must remember the words Isaiah said, do not fear for I have redeemed you. Look, look what God tells us. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name, by name. You are mine. Like, it's not like, hey, hey, John. And you're like, well, no, I'm not John. I'm, I'm, I'm Adam. He, he calls us by our name. You are mine. When, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Man, 
we understand that in this life, we're going to face adversity. We're going to face conflict. We're going to face tribulations. We're going to go through trials. We're going to, we're, you know, we're going to go through the, 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 the desert, the shadow of death. But look at the amazing words God is telling us. You're not going to be drowning. Yes, you, you'll pass through the rivers. You shall, they will not overwhelm you. You will pass through the fire. You shall not be burnt. The flame shall not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. Now, trauma and anxiety, we, we, we must admit, even those of us who haven't experienced, we must empathize and realize this, this isn't something easy. This is something complicated. This isn't somebody faking it. You know, I've, I've definitely had a chance to talk with people with anxiety, worked with a few people in, in regards to providing biblical counseling for them. And, and man, it, it's it's definitely hard when, when you have family members saying, man, well, you know, I think he's faking it. He needs a man up. He needs a, you know, he, he just needs to, you know, pull his big boy pants up and, and get marched through life. And it's it's it's, it's more than that. Of course, it's true that no one knows the pain that you have been through. You know, if, if, if you look at people, we, we've 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 experienced different levels, different types of pains, you know, and, and our complaint sometimes is nobody understands me. My pastor doesn't understand me. My parents don't understand me. You know, my spouse or, 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 or my children or my neighbors or my friends don't understand me. But I want you to know there is one who understands you perfectly. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and with God's help, listen, listen to me carefully, with God's help, you can make par- progress if you're willing to face your pain, grieve your loss, trusting God with your future. Now, this, of course, takes time. This is not a, a, a two, one, two, three, three step process and, and read three verses and you make a little prayer and boom, everything's gone. No, it, it's more than that. It takes time. It requires pastoral counseling. It requires you to, to, to seek out help, to allow yourself to be helped so you can make progress. And for anyone listening, if, if you're facing issues with anxiety, I would more than I'd be more than happy to, to at least be able to talk with you, um, pray for you and, and definitely share some 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 biblical um, advice with you. Um, so I, I pray this definitely can be a blessing for your life if you know anybody who is going through anxiety uh, facing anxiety uh, you know definitely share this with him share this with someone who who is going through anxiety if, you, if it's you hey listen to this go to god's word and, and, and to end before before i before i stop i just want to end with a small prayer father god i i just come before you understanding lord that you, you know us better than we know ourselves. You understand the pain that today people are going through with all the pandemic, with everything happening, everything going on, the chaos and, and, and all the news and news, bad news, bad news, and bad, everything, Lord. But most importantly, we believe that you care for us. You want what's best for us. We ask that you forgive us, Lord, because there are times where we, we lack trust in you. There are times where we know what to do, yet we do another thing because we, we feel more secure. We feel that it's safer. We feel that it's better. But in reality, it's not. 
Lord, for those who are listening, anyone going through anxiety, anyone facing any kind of mental health, Lord, I, I pray your grace. I pray the peace, your peace be upon them, oh Lord. Whatever they're facing, God, help them to get through with it. Help them to be honest. Help them to face their fears. Help them to be able to grieve whatever loss they've had. Help them, God, most importantly, to trust you. I pray all this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for I know you hear our prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for listening. And once again, I pray this can be a blessing for your life. Share this with others. Definitely feel free to do that. Um, if you, especially if you know someone who, who's going through anxiety, um, God willing, what I want to do, if I don't do this next week, because I, I think with the time, my, my time constraints, uh, I'll probably have to be doing a podcast. If, if it's not weekly, it'll probably be every two weeks. But I plan for the next episode to be about depression. So we're going to address that. In, in the following episode, God willing. And, and once again, thank you so much for taking the time. May God's peace and grace be with you.